Hey guys, what's up and welcome back to this week's episode of That Scale RC Show. We are on episode 35. I'm your host, Adam Dean, alongside with... Jeremy Kendall. And what do we got going on this week? Um, well, a uh, huge shout out to Eric Warren from Adventure RC Trucks. He uh, hooked us up with some tees and stickers, so that was awesome. Thank you very much. Does he and, listen to the show? Uh, you know, I'm not sure. Um, I don't know. Maybe he's that guy on Podbean. You know how, like with Podbean, the comments and stuff are only managed through like the app. Well, there's a guy on there that it just says adventure. It makes me wonder if that's him or not. So I don't know, Eric. If you're listening to this, you should tell us if you have been listening to this. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that made sense well while we're on the topics of shout outs um i just want to shout um shout out to dave rollinson um he is from across the pond and he actually said there's an event coming up for them um when did he say it was um he said he said it's at the Break Rocks Matlock on the 11th and 12th of July for a Bloodwise Bloodwise charity. It's a 12-hour enduro fun run, so they're calling it the 12-hour scale funduro 2020 at Bracken Rocks, uh, which is I guess Lee Shaw Road. Um, I'm not going to butcher the rest of it because I don't understand how the mailing address works over there. A 12-hour enduro. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that's not like a new thing, you know, because the, the fix does that and, you know, Recon G6, but that is a really long time. Yeah, but you do know that um, it's funny you brought that up because I know the G6 in Parker is actually rather popular in the UK, so um doesn't surprise me. I, I would do one in a heartbeat. I think it'd be really fun, but it, it's just like that's a really long time. And for where we are, I think you could only do it in the summer, really, because you'd run out of daylight. I mean, I don't know. I like crawling at night anyways. Some of the places here are a little dangerous for that, but I would love to do an event like that. That would be pretty neat. I've always yeah. wanted to get down and do the fix at some point, but we'll, well see. Well, I, I remember back in the day, I want to say like three years ago i remember elio got all gung-ho when he was doing his trailers and he wanted um he wanted me to go with him and we were gonna um i guess you know go back and forth running the trailer for oh, the 12 yeah. hours so that way mm -hmm. g6 certified but then that was right around the time when he was getting bombarded with orders for him so he was kind of like all right <laughs> i don't know if, if i'm already getting bombarded he goes once it becomes like g6 certified it's going to be like insane he goes i'll never be able to keep up that's true yeah so he's like kind of that kind of fell off at that point that totally understandable but yep um let's see the only other scale thing um not really i guess a big deal to anybody else um unless you are is i guess excited about mks as i am um i spoke with thomas cook um of m from mks on Monday, and he said that A-Main is 
pushing MKS like crazy right now, and he's got a new batch of the HBL 550s um, that he's going to be taking possession of, and he said like three-quarters of that order goes straight out to A-Main. Dude, that's nice. Yeah. And, oh, go ahead, sorry. No, I'll just say, and the other thing is he mentioned that he, I think he's going to try and come out to Axial Fest this year. Nice. You know, I so, did a uh, bomber wrap for MKS years ago and i never did see it or anything wonder if it was for him interesting yeah it was like a red white and blue kind of patriotic design it looked really cool i don't know if he has a bomber yeah trav hooked it up just because he's a mks driver and so he he somehow arranged it i just i just make the stuff so i don't i don't know the details of it but yeah Interesting. Yeah, no, I wonder if I should ask him about that, because I don't know if that was for him, because I know... Uh, but see, I don't think he has a wrap on it. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. I was going to say, because I know Tim's got a Wraith that's pretty um, badass, but I don't think it's got a wrap on it. Yeah, no, this is definitely a bomber. Huh. You're, this This was probably like 2016, 2017. I, I don't know. Yeah, hmm. a couple yeah. year, couple years ago. But anyways, yeah, that's cool. That'd be cool if he shows up there. Always a good time. I'm still undecided. I don't know. I I got some buddies that want me to go down just to drive and not have a booth or anything. But I I don't know. the The camping part is the big turnoff for me. Yes, but see, um, this is exactly what I, the conversation I just had with Thomas. So. The beauty of it being at Donner is Truckee is not that far away. I want to say it's like a 20-ish minute drive from Truckee. So you could um, get a hotel in Truckee and drive in. Oh, that's not bad. So, yeah. And uh, I guess I'd say the sooner you look into getting something is probably going to be better because as soon as oh, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's prime time, summer vacation time. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, that that would be pretty good. I just, I don't know. I still want to try and get to buy the fire too. I, I just don't see it happening this year. I've just been so busy and like A-Main is doing a lot more quantity of what – we, what they sell of ours and so it's i don't know i just can't really picture myself taking like a week off or anything anytime soon so i don't know we'll see see what happens there was so we forgot to put out i forgot because i forgot that we were even recording today um, <laughs> i forgot to put out the the feeler post about questions and stuff like that so um yeah, Let's yeah. I, I, oh, here we go. Um, definitely like what you're doing with the videos and photos. Keep them coming. Um, Eli Hayes and I just got around to listen to this episode. Wanted to add to what you guys had said about being good ambassadors of the hobby. I'm mostly just into bashing these days, but another thing I push in our group is if somebody's walking their dog near us and the dog is either scared of RCs or is pulling because it wants to chase the RCs, stop and let them pass. I also find if you apologize for upsetting their dogs, that goes a long way. That is pretty awesome. Like I, that's a great example to set for people. 
and that is one thing we did forget to mention because we've done that a lot too. Like we'll always say we're sorry. And then the the only thing though, it's like a double edged sword. There are some people that like absolutely despise, you know, people that run RCs. Like I remember there was an event out at Folsom Lake. Um, I want to say it was like a year or two ago, and they went out and laid out all the half-cut tennis balls everywhere for the whole course, and people were out on course trying, and they all of a sudden they could not figure out where to go, and they're like, "What's going on?" And they finally just started like just making their way back to where the base thing was, and all of a sudden the person holding the event, because I forget who it was, that might have been, I almost want to say it was a GSRCC. But I could be wrong, and they were like, uh, they were like, wait, wait, wait a second, you guys are supposed to be finishing from this direction. Like, what's going on? And they're like, oh, we made it all the way to like gate like eighty six. We couldn't find, you know, the next one. So we're just, we just said, all right, let's make it back to the parking lot. And he's like, what the, what the heck? And he went to go look and discover some dude let his dog go, and he was just bringing all the tennis balls back. That sucks. <laughs> and never, and he never said a word. There was a whole pile of them over in this one area, and he's just like, "Are you serious?" And then it turns out that somebody said, "Oh, it's funny that that guy, you know, that you know, he was involved because apparently he he had a similar incident where he was, you know, he purposely let his dogs off the leash, and he knows they like tennis balls." And they were going after the thing again. And I guess he got into it with one of the pe- people crawling one time. I don't know. Like I said, it could go both ways, but. Yeah, that's, that is tough. It's, I don't know. I know like when we're out and we're hiking or something, you know, in a fairly high traffic area when we're driving and there's hikers around, it's, we always like, we'll yell like hiker and everybody picks their cars up and stands off to the side to let them through. I mean, like there's, there's definitely like etiquette and it's one of those things where it's like people are either going to get it and they're going to act right or they're not going to get it and I mean, I've, I've seen both, so it'd be nice if everybody acted that way to kind of help ensure that places are, you know, that we're welcome to drive at certain areas, but the people that don't get it, there's probably no talking to them and they're just not going to understand. Yeah. And see, that's the other thing too, is it's funny. It's like, if you're into, I've noticed if you're into RC cars, uh, into crawling, whatever, then like, I guess you understand, but there's some people that do not understand like so you're like yeah I, I go you know I go play with RC cars and this and the other and they're kind of like huh you know and they look at you like like you're speaking a different language and you're like what yeah <laughs> I, I, I take an RC car out and we go out on the trail and we you know and some people get it like I, I'm actually surprised like how much in certain areas it's really starting to grow like for example, um, up in like the Sacramento slash, I guess you can say Auburn area, there it's growing quite a bit due to I think due to the you know um, geography and everything, it's a lot more easier to do. But it's funny because I went into WFO Concepts, which is a full size one to one wheeler company um, that I've been going to for like ten years now, and they. Uh, and like when I first got into RC, like you know, they kind of like they 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 knew they heard about it, they've seen it, but it was like, oh, we're we're gonna play with the real stuff. As I noticed, like as the you know scale industry started getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and more and more like one to one, you know, companies were getting on board. 
it, they started noticing it more, and now they think it's the coolest thing. It's funny because like when I walked in the one time, one of the guys at the shop got into it, and they were like, "Oh yeah, this is so cool!" Da, 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 da. And he's like geeking out, and he was trying to make his like his scale version of his one to one. Now they got a guy I think who works there who's like big time into it. He's like trying to make his own wheels and this, that, and the other. I mean, like, cause well, he's got access to a CN or a lathe and all that. Nice. But you know, it's funny now because like I'll walk in and they'll be like, "Aren't you the one that was that's in the RC?" I said, "Oh yeah." Nice. And they they show they show me all their all their projects they're working on. It's hilarious. That's really cool. Yeah, that trips me out. I was talking about that the other day when uh, Brett from Die Hard was over here because, like, it, it's just funny that there's guys out there in the real like off-road racing world that are just you know drive some of the baddest rigs on the planet, but they still play with RC cars. It's like it's hard to understand the appeal it's like dude you own like a trophy truck or you know a 4500 class like king of the hammers rig like what the hell <laughs> you know like why do you even like rc cars but it's it's cool to see you know i mean it, it's i don't know it just shows that it's got a nice broad appeal well in my opinion i think it's also because it's just the ease of it if you if you want like you know think about it okay if even though they do own, like you said, they own like some like crazy, like U4 style, you know, rig. Okay, they got to get the trailer out, put it on the trailer, drag it down to somewhere to go run it. This and the other. You just grab the car, throw it in your car, drive wherever you're going, you're done. Yeah, and if that's you, true. And if you break it, you throw it back on the shelf and fix it when you can get to it. Not like, oh shoot, we got a race in three weeks, and now I got to fix, you know, because I blew up my drive shaft. Yeah. Exactly. No, that'd be, I, I, I get that part of it. Like, ideally, I think it'd be sick to just keep a rig in your truck, and like when you're driving around, you see something, you know, like it's you just have it there in case you f happen to come across a cool spot or whatever. But I don't know. It's it's just interesting to me. That's all. Just kind of a different deal. You just it it you know when you first think about it, you just would not expect them to be into something like that. But yeah. Well, what was really funny was I was trying to talk to Trevor, the owner of WFO. I was trying to get him to start selling some licensed scale versions of his products. That would be cool. Like I said, you – I mean they don't even have to, I guess, really be licensed. I said because if your guy at the shop can make them, just make them and sell them as your stuff. Yeah, exactly, which would be really cool. But I don't know because like I'll be, I'll be honest and maybe I'll throw it up there. Um on uh on the site or on our page um and all that they just did i guess you can say it's a prototype i'm, I'm i know they're going to be coming out but they just finished this jeep gladiator and the thing's badass and yeah. he they did cut they did their own version of uh trailing arms and just the way that they're designed and the way that they have the wfo plate you know, and like almost like embossed into the side, like it just it just looks so cool. I was like, man, if you could make those scale, I said that'd be badass. Oh yeah, absolutely. I just was like, man, I need to figure out somebody who's got a CNC that you know that we can make stuff. You know, I keep thinking about it, like I, I, because there's a lot of different 
tools out there for machining and stuff. And more and more lately, you know, you can get like benchtop mills and you can get little benchtop lathes and stuff. And I've been trying to think what I would use more. And I think if I had a lathe, like I could see myself using that a lot, actually, because one of the things I want to do really bad is build an enduro that is leaf sprung. And I think when you're going to a leaf rig, as far as scale appearance goes, like I feel like the shocks are really important, you know, like having the right shocks on something like that for it to look right. Uh-huh. And so I was thinking, well, you know, what would be good? Cause the stock ones that come with the element trucks are too big. You know, they, they wouldn't really look that scale, you know, for a leaf spring one. I was like, Oh, I'll get the pro line ones and just machine all the threads off of them. And that'd be perfect. You know, just stick the shock body in a lathe and, cut the threads off and you'd probably have some really good looking you know good looking somewhat scale shocks you know because the body's so so much smaller on those so i don't know that's probably the direction i'll go i think i even have a neighbor that has a lathe at his house so that'd be pretty cool i'll have to go talk to him see if he could do that yeah that'd be cool um i was gonna say save up and just get the one from harbor freight because that's the one i think kyle listel uses oh really Uh uh-huh That'd be sick for building links and everything too. Like you could do really nice. Cause that's one thing that does suck about building your own links. Like if like I have a few trucks that I've made them out of brass before and it really does suck having to use a die on those things and, you know, trying to get it straight and it can be kind of a pain in the ass, you know? So I, I think a lathe would be pretty cool to be able to cut threads in and just, I don't know. It's probably one of those things. Once you have one, you'd find a million different uses for it yeah yeah and actually what we should probably do is talk to gene boyd one of these days because you know he's got his whole little you know shop set up now to work on all that stuff and i think that's one of the tools he has we should find out how often he's using it yeah that would be kind of cool to see you know exactly what all he uses it on and if he's getting his money's worth back out of it which i'm sure he is i mean how could you not when you have something like that and especially doing all the things that he's doing right now with UC fab. So oh, yeah. they have a lot going on. Yeah. And that was one of the things that's like, it was funny. Cause I remember like, and it's funny that we're talking about this back when I first got into this, there was, you know, there wasn't really a lot of, I guess off the shelf kind of stuff you can get. Um, like, you know, there weren't, there weren't bumpers you can buy. I mean, like they were, but there was like a handful. So you only had so much to choose from. Now you got people making custom stuff left, right, and center. And they're, you know, I just remember going, man, I wish I, if I knew how to weld or if I had a welder, I'd be able to make whatever. Fast forward like a year or two later, my buddy was moving and he had to offload some tools and he's like, Hey, you want to, you know, uh, a one ten welder? And I'm like, sure. And he goes, all right, 700 bucks. And I was like, done. And came with the cart, the bottle, all that stuff. And I was like, now nah, I, I do. I use that thing for everything. I'm even using it for when I'm working now. Dude, a cart would be really nice. That actually would be really cool. Mine so, just sits on a shelf underneath my workbench. So you just grab the gun in the ground and go it just kind of sits underneath there but yeah the car the car to be nice the cart really only be only comes like i guess in play when you're trying to like move it places or like like for instance i've welded some non-important things on my one-to-one truck and 
I've, you know, wheeling it out into the driveway so you can actually do it is, like, you know, one thing. Like, I've done some shock tabs, and that's really been about it. Yeah. As far as, you know, otherwise, I prefer welding on a bench just because it's so much easier to control everything. Yeah. Because I will admit, trying to weld, like, upside down and, like, laying on your back, it's, like, not the same. I I have a buddy that, so he bought the Northwest Scalar Designs uh, build table, and then he bought the tubing bender also, and he has been just kind of playing around with it, like just kind of getting his feet wet with making stuff, and he's doing like a truggy bed right now for a cross RC demon that he has, and one of the things he told me was he's not super pumped about brazing. He's like, man, he goes, it's so hard trying to like hold everything still, and he's like, I think welding would be a lot easier. You know, there's a lot more cleanup involved if you do make a mistake, you know, because brazing's a little bit cleaner and more precise, but I guess trying to hold everything and make sure it's all squared up and I guess that's kind of a pain so I don't know I don't know if he has some of those magnets that you can use to hold stuff together that I think that would be probably ideal is just doing the magnets and then yeah magnets are always always a plus if I could find a way to magnet things together um you know that makes life so much easier oh yeah that would be way nice so i don't know i'll probably have to look up something like that because i i sort of gave him like an open-ended invitation to come over here if he ever needs to you know weld stuff or anything like that so i think he'll probably be taking me up on that just because brazing isn't going so hot but i I could see if you had like a jig or you know magnets of some sort i could see brazing working out fairly well then but i don't know if you have the welder might as well use it Oh, and then while we're on this topic, because I was going to bring this up last week, but we were going a little long in the tooth, so I forgot to mention it, plus it wasn't really like set in stone yet, so I haven't really seen why, um, I mean I think I know why, but um, Wordy Made is no longer a company. I saw that. I, I had kind of heard about it and was sort of waiting to see what happened, and I was hoping it wasn't true. But, yeah, it's, that's a huge bummer. Yeah, I know. Okay, so, like, I didn't really think anything of it until, like, recent, you know, weeks when I started seeing more and more about it. So I want to say back around – was it around Christmas? might have been just before that. might have been around um, Crawl for a Cure last year. Yeah, it was. It was around Crawford here last year when I got the Wraith 1.9. I was talking with Nick Lapp, um, and I was like, "Hey, can you know? I don't have time before we take off. Can you weld up some bumpers for my my 19 Wraith?" And he goes, "Oh yeah, not a problem. Just drop it off." And I said, "All right, cool." So I drop it off, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, do you mind if I use this, 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 or this?" And I'm looking, and I'm like, "Dude, those look like wordy made parts." And he goes, "Oh yeah, they are." He goes, "I bought that whole lot that he had that he was offing for like." I forget how much he said he bought it for, but he's like, yeah, I got stuff to make bumpers, sliders. Wow. And I'm right like, on. really? And he's like, yeah. So we made, so we made some stuff out of that and it was pretty well, cool. cool. And I was like, I was like, why did he off? Like, you know, I never really like caught on to why he offloaded, you know, like all of his stuff. Like, I'm like, oh, okay, that's kind of weird. Okay, whatever. So then like I saw a post last week and it said this time next week, this page will no longer exist. It was fun. You know, thank you for everyone who supported me over the years. And I'm just like, 
Well, that sucks. Yeah, that's that's it's a shame. I don't know. It sucks, you know, seeing anybody that has been around a while, and especially if it's somebody like him, where like he was a fixture in the hobby, like when I got into it, and you know, he's just part of it. You know what I mean? Like it just a word he made as part of scale RC and it has been since I was interested in it. And so when something like this happens, that's a huge bummer. Yeah. And that's like, and it's just a shame. Cause like you said, when I first got into this really like the only like small companies similar to that, that like I ever heard of um, that were semi local to me was like BPC chassis and BPC chassis still moving forward. I don't think they're as like, popular anymore you know like it's i mean i'm sure up in the sacramento area they're a lot more popular because um bruce the actual owner uh works at rc country and he's able to you know sell a lot of the stuff but um and also back then he was like one of the first to actually make an aftermarket chassis because like back then there was really i think you can get a bpc i think brazen was making chassis and then the scale shop just started making chassis right when i got into it so it's like you really only have like a handful i mean now there's so many companies out there that make aftermarket chassis it's not even funny but um i remember when i first discovered wordy made it was like the same thing it's like man this guy makes all this stuff i said this stuff's clean and like you know you just couldn't believe it and so you know you start, you know, so that you start running and supporting, you know, your local, you know, your local guy. And since he was out of, you know, the Sparks Reno area, you know, he was local to a lot of our events. And, you know, super cool dude, super talented. And it's just kind of a shame to see something like that finally, you know, closing its doors. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a bummer. We're gonna, we're gonna miss you, Matt. But you know, who knows? Maybe he'll miss it and come back hard to say yeah but if i'm if i'm not mistaken he never did it to like make money he always just did it because he enjoyed the hobby and he enjoyed you know making a product for people um to run uh and i think that's kind of like what finally bit him was the fact that you know at the beginning it was like okay just make some bumpers for an axial Okay, well now Viterra is starting to become popular. Let's make some for Viterra too. Oh, nope, Viterra doesn't exist anymore. Let's stop making stuff. And then, oh, this came out. And it's like he had to stay on on top of so many different you know platforms at one point. I think it was getting overwhelming. Yeah, exactly. And then trying to you know, f- keep up with the demand with like A-Main selling his stuff and everything, that's rough too. I mean, it's that's hard. Oh, yeah. Which actually is funny. I'm going to bring that up right now. I'm going to see if uh, you can still buy any of his stuff on A-Main. There should be some on there. Just I don't know. It, a lot of it's been on, you know, back order, obviously. But nope, there's still some stuff you can get. I'm assuming if it's anything that's back order, you will no longer be able to get. Yeah. So, like, he has his wordy made SCX10 two. Proline Power Wagon front bumper is still available. The SR5 bumper is available. The Enduro Sendero Winch Ready front bumper is available. There's quite a bit of stuff, but then there's some other stuff that are just gone. It's like, you know, you won't see it anymore. Yeah, that's a shame. So, 
And I guess just get it while you can, because once it's gone, it's gone. Yeah. Own a little piece of history with anything you can snatch up right now. Yep. So, and I believe you can also, if you can't find it on a main, I believe RPP um, sells it too. I think so. I'm not sure. I, I never, I never look on RPP site, so it's hard. It's, I, I never keep up with what all they have. Yeah, it's been so long since I've ordered anything through RPP. It's been yep. a while since I've ordered anything, actually, now that I think about it. Yeah, they have they have a lot of stuff. They actually, honestly, have quite a bit more in stock, but it's probably because it's not as, you know, I think everyone goes to A-Main first. Yeah, probably. So. Hmm. Interesting. But, oh, yeah. You know what we uh, I wanted to before I forget um Patreon. We are up to 7 supporters now and we're at like 29 bucks a month. So I wanted to say a huge thank you and we at some point maybe later this week or this weekend you and I can get together and we'll figure out something for tiers and rewards because there's getting to be enough people now to where you know I want to be able to give back you know for them being generous and supporting us so that they have you know something to show for it you know besides besides a podcast to listen to so um something that I'd like to do and then also uh I'll probably make a post about it but I got a um stabilizer for filming this week um from freefly so thank you very much uh, people at freefly it's a movie is what it's called movi and i cannot wait to get that thing out and start taking some non-shaky video because the last one i did i was freezing to death and it was very very shaky and trying to drive with one hand so this will still be challenging trying to drive with one hand, but if I've got a buddy or somebody with me, they can drive and I can film them. So I'm actually really looking forward to doing more video stuff. I mean, I'm not looking to, you know, have be some big like YouTube channel or anything for this, but it just would be really nice if we had some video to go along with all the podcast stuff and everything because it is fun to do. So and, and it's some, something I enjoy too. Like for whatever reason, like I... I actually enjoy editing video versus editing the podcast for some reason. Like it's, I don't know. It's just fun because there's more like little tricks you can do and there's, um, you know, transitions, you know, between clips and stuff. And there's lots of different ones of that. And then you can do like graphic overlays and stuff. And like, it, it's really, really fun and something I enjoy. So I look forward to getting some driving video out there for people to check out. I think that'll be a really good time. So do that and then um we have hats coming too so we're gonna have some samples in for hats and uh we're each getting one and we'll have um a couple extras to sell and show people and let them let them see if that's going to be something people's interested in so that'd be kind of cool so hopefully uh hopefully they'll look good and everybody will like them yeah and that's the other thing too i gotta uh, i was gonna actually share a picture of our sticker sheet, the one with the full dollhouse and all that stuff. Oh, but yeah. I think I got, I think I gave all of ours away that I had. Oh, I have some in a box that are 
of stuff that's getting sent to you. So you'll have some more here shortly. And then yeah, some of the small like giveaway ones, you know, that's like the one big logo and four yep. small ones, like the little sheet. I have a bunch of those. I'll throw in there. Too. I have a ha- I have a handful of those. I think some of them are gloss, some of them are matte. Um, but I was gonna say, yeah, I was gonna share that. But then I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think I sent one to Ryan Crowley and one to Brandon Catton. Oh, nice. So. Yeah, sometime like last year. I'd like to make sure at least that like everybody that's a supporter on Patreon at least gets like a sticker sheet. I mean, that's like the least we could do. So you know what you need to do is you need to come up with a sticker that says "I support that scale RC show" and all I got was this lousy sticker. <laughs> that would be pretty funny. That'd be a good. That'd be a good scale bumper sticker. Uh, that would actually be a really good scale bumper sticker. There was one I was thinking of, too, because I actually have, like, one of those sheets sitting in front of me because underneath my desk that I work at with, like, the big monitor, I've got this big box, and it's, like, kind of like the defect box. So if I have anything that, you know, has, like, a small air bubble or a piece of dirt that got under the lamination, it just goes into this box, and it's, like, giveaway stuff. Like, buddies come over. They usually, like, rummage through my my defective sticker box and grab stuff out of there. And so I had some of the scale sheets in there too. And I was just looking at it and there was something that I was going to add. And I don't remember what it was now. So we might have to do at some point a, a version two of the podcast sticker sheets. Okay. Yeah, no, I always think those little scale ones are funny because there are some people that, you know, put up scale, you know, they they put those little scale funny stickers on their vehicles because, you know, they're trying to make it look real like something you can see going down the, you know, the road. So we got to come up with some funny ones. That's why I was saying something like that. Or even like if we made, or even if they opted, if they wanted that as like a t-shirt, that'd be pretty funny. Yeah, that would too. Definitely. So... Um, and then it'd be, you know, it'd be even funnier is if you ended up seeing one of those out on trail when you're on trail. Yeah. You know, it's, it's weird. I, I take one of those little giveaway sheets and throw that in almost like every SOR order just to kind of help spread like awareness and do some guerrilla marketing for the podcast and stuff. So it's, I'd be curious to see like one of these days, somebody that I, you know, wouldn't expect to see it on has them and they're rocking them because i i don't know if they're just going in the trash or they're putting them on stuff or what but i know there's probably a lot of people by now that have uh those sticker sheets from ordering stuff from us yeah you know what's funny is i'm kind of like a sticker whore when it comes to that like i have so i literally have underneath my my uh workbench is like this plastic divider thing and um I have like like I keep all my paints in the one level paint supplies in the next, and then the top one was such a shallow drawer. I was like, "What am I gonna do with this?" It's like maybe three inches deep, so I'm going. I like I don't know what I'm gonna put here, dude. All my stickers go in there, and it's just funny to look in there, and you're just like, "Wow, I got like thousands, <laughs> thousands of stickers." Yeah, I've got a thing in my toolbox a whole drawer that was like moto stickers from when i was racing and stuff and then the big giant cardboard box full of stuff at some point i need to throw stuff away because i keep noticing that like more and more i'm like hoarding stuff like my dad did so i need to maybe kind of 
scale back on the amount of stuff that's here because I need to go through and clean the shop really well and get rid of all that stuff. Yeah, I know how that is. Sometimes it gets overwhelming. Like I know I did that for a while. Um, I have like a bunch of like leftover, you know, parts trees from builds from the past, and it's like I'm not going to use any of this stuff. Like it's got oh, like, dude. <laughs> I I think I have like every parts tree that has anything extra on it, and the, I use them once in a while. Like on occasion, you'll find something good in there, and you can like make something out of it but i don't know there's probably a lot of them with like the stock axial plastic links and stuff like that that i could probably toss and see would that's what i was fine that's what i was gonna say i was like i have some with the plastic links and i don't even use them i'm like uh yeah, okay and like i'll never use those like about the only time i think i would is if i could find that post from like a million years ago that revis had done where he made a cell phone holder out of a bunch of axial links but well actually no that that wouldn't even be worth my time because i forgot the new phone case i got as a little like kickstand thing on it so i guess i wouldn't even need to make that so yeah bottom line is i need to throw some shit away because <laughs> it's getting out of control here yeah i know how that is and it's like you always go oh yeah i'll use this for something else then ends up sitting there forever and you're like okay yeah no never gonna use it yeah, I, I just really need to go through everything here. It's getting a little bit ridiculous. Well, like it's like the other problem I have too, which I like I'm with you on that, is I don't know if any of our listeners can relate to this, but I think I have every single plastic box my MKS servos ever came in. Oh really? Well because yeah, I you know what I think Travis saved all those too. I keep those though. Well, like, so, what, do you, what do you use them for? Well, right now they're just all stacked in a in a in a box because I'm like, oh, you know, if I need these for this or that, you know, I have it. But that's basically what it was for. Was I was like, oh, this would be good to carry this and that on the trail, and you know, you just put a like, you know, uh, a hair tie around it, and it'll keep it shut from you know opening up. But then it's like, I go, man, now I'm on my like twentieth one. It's like I haven't even used the first one yet. What am I going to do with these? So what I do with those is. When I'm taking something apart on the bench, I put all the screws and little parts in it for that oh, yeah, particular yeah. car. Yeah, and if it's going to stay apart for a while, I just close it up and stick it underneath the car and on the shelf so that all the pieces are right there, you know, to put it back together. So I do that. And then the other thing that I've done with them that I thought was really cool, and this only works on, like, the hard plastic ones, like what MKS and, like, Protec use, and I think OMG and a couple others. Um, Savox has, like, a softer plastic that has, like, the tab for hanging it on a hook in a store. Yep. The softer plastic doesn't really work, but, like, the really hard, like, almost, like, acrylic boxes that MKS has, I've taken those and scuffed them with a Scotch-Brite and then sprayed bedliner over them, and I use them for like scale containers you know so like my uh my bpc um overland trailer that i have it fits perfectly in the bottom of that those mks boxes do and that's i drilled a little hole in it and then that's what has the little baby lipo in it that runs the leds and stuff on my trailer and so i use that as like a little battery box and i had used bedliner on the inside of the trailer and then bed liner on that box and it fit perfect because i've got like a spare tire in the front of the trailer inside of it and then behind it is where that little box is so 
that's another little use that you can repurpose those for instead of throwing them away or recycling them. But I don't know stuff like that. I hang on to though. And like those round boxes that like electrical tape comes in, I keep those two for parts also. And another thing too, that's like, cause you know, when you're building your shocks, like it's super messy and you're like, you know, got to find something to dump the old shock oil out into and everything. Like I'll use those containers also and dump shock oil in them and then, you know, throw it away in that. So, yeah, true. Yeah, no, they, like all those little things have their own, you know, little uses, and it's interesting to see what everybody uses them for. Yeah, because they're kind of handy. I mean, they're not like waterproof, but I mean, for like a little battery box or something, that's perfect, you know? Exactly. Um, what else do I have? I think that's about it. It's just like I said, I just got to go through a lot of the stuff. My biggest downfall that I have right now if we're going to go down that rabbit hole is <laughs> like, so I, you know, I'm a cow RC driver as well. So I have all the cow mats, you know, um, on my workbench. And my biggest problem is I take something apart and like, I'll like, they have the little divider trays so you can be organized and I'll put the screws there. And it's something I'm taking it apart because I'm never going to put it back together. And I'll put the screws there. And eventually the screws just keep piling up there. And I go, Oh, it's such a mess, and I don't know what I want to do with it. So I pick them all up, throw them in a Ziploc bag, and then throw them in with the rest of the screws. But I ever, I never end up digging from there. I always go to the ones that are already pre-organized and labeled, and I grab from there. Oh, yeah, good idea. Yeah, that's my bad. That's my. That's a yeah. It's bad. Uh, I need. Bad I would really, you know what I would really like to have here is like a good selection of hardware like i would love to have like a little like hardware cabinet with just a bunch of different metric stuff in it and that needs to be something that i work towards because that's nice to have you know especially if you do like the i forget what they call it but people have been doing it forever and then axial finally like gave it a name but you know when you um take the lower shock mount and you move it to where the link is you need to have a longer screw there you know so like i need to have stuff like that you know that are like a good selection of long screws, basically. I have lots of like shorter ones and stuff, but the longer screws are what really comes in handy. I'm finding out when you do like little mods like that, or if you're moving your shocks around, or it's just good to have that. And then that little plastic spacer kit I got, that thing's worth its weight in gold. Yeah. No, um, I've always ran, or I order like the monster bag from K&K Hardware. And then what I actually did was I went, um, back when Orchard Supply and Hardware was actually still a store, uh, I bought some. I think they were like tackle box looking things. They're they're by that company Flambo, but oh yeah yeah. But they're you know they they were you know advertised. You could use them for whatever, and I just organized all my screws in that. And then I have one that's like stainless and one that was black oxide, so that way I could you know go. Oh, I need my stainless ones. Pull it out and all that stuff, but that's about as extent as my uh, organization for those screws go. Man, you're fancy. Not that's, really. That's that's way fancier than what I have. I just have one of those like Plano tackle boxes and then just tons of crap piled in it. There's like all the screws are in one big long compartment of it and then there's like plastic parts in another and like rod ends and stuff like that. So, I don't know. It, the these are all like winter projects that I think about doing and then like I'll get busy and none of my winter projects get done so they all end up being next year projects and then that doesn't get done and it just kind of spirals out of control yeah I know how that is it's rough 
but what what else do we got going on we, we really didn't have a plan and didn't have a guest so no i know we got to get back into the swing of things um i do know that and i sent you that video last night uh axial just released the paddle tires or i guess you could say this the the sand tires kit because they got the fronts and the rears for the um yeti jr can-am which that's super cool that video is pretty badass too yeah throwing some roost i would like to you know i'm gonna look that up because the last time i looked on a main for those like they were there and then all of a sudden they weren't it was really weird let me type this in and yes guys i'm sorry you can hear my keyboard that's just how it is there we go. Can-Am Maverick X3 parts. Um, see all. And... Dude, I don't think they're on here anymore. What the heck? Huh. Yeah, they used to be on the A-Main. On the, you know, just the parts category for the Eddie Jr. And they're not there anymore. Huh. Well, that sucks. Huh. Wonder what happened there. Oh, well. You know what's weird? I was just thinking about this, and I, this is totally random, and I don't really have a direction I'm going with this, but I thought I would have heard more about RC four-wheel drives, um, their comp truck, you know, but, uh-huh. which I guess is kind of an RTR, but... I, I really, like, I thought when that came out, I would hear more people as a, the C2X. I thought that that would make some bigger waves than it did, and I really haven't heard much about it since. So I just thought that was kind of strange. Just thought I'd point that out. Good. But it's also 500 bucks, so that could be part of it, too. Yeah. yeah. Trying to think what else. What else? What else? I'd like to know, though, in that video about that Can-Am, what brushless setup? Because they say recommended brushless setup, but what brushless setup are you running that's that, you know, that small? Yeah, that's just throwing gnarly roost and is just obviously really fast. You know, I'm glad that somebody else, I, I just saw a Traxxas on here, their uh, TRX4 Sport in tan. I wish you, that they had, like, more colors like that. There's, like, Toyota's tan, their sand color looks really good, and I thought that was cool when HPI used that color on their FJ. But I, I would like to see more rigs available in, like, that tan color. And then also the other awesome one is there's a gray that Toyota has and Lexus has and Ford just started doing it too. But there's a gray that has no metallic in it. But like the color almost messes with your eyes. Have you seen that gray that I'm talking about? Like it just really pops and there's just, there's no depth to it at all. It's a gloss finish, but like there's no metallic to give it any depth. It's Mm -hmm. just plain gray and it looks so sick i would love it if somebody at least would come out with that paint color like there's a lot of paint colors that i would like to see like more earth tones and stuff like that for painting interiors and stuff that are lexan because when you think about it like there's not a lot of good interior colors everything that's available for paint really is all um is is all like 
you know loud bright body colors there's not a lot of not a lot of options there for earth tone stuff so that if somebody came out with some stuff that looked good for interiors that would be pretty rad like a good tan or a charcoal gray or something you know that didn't have metallic in it so that when you're you know painting seats or something like that you know it's gonna look halfway realistic and not be all sparkly or anything yeah true i mean i've always what i've always done in the past to get rid of like anything that's kind of you know you don't want it to be all shiny is just use like a clear dull coat yeah i i use a lot of that tamaya clear the they're flat clear i use that on a lot of stuff but there's a few colors that it just doesn't take that like if it has flake in it it just doesn't get rid of the flake it's weird hmm interesting yeah i don't really see a whole lot new that's noteworthy which i'll feel really bad if i missed something and somebody's like oh hey you guys didn't talk about this Uh, well king of the hammers just ended yeah that was rad did you get to watch very much of it no i was working like a loser Dude, it was awesome. Like, the side-by-side stuff is... The UTVs are getting huge. Like, Jeremy McGrath raced the side-by-side classes here even. I don't know how he finished, but he was racing the new Kawasaki Terex. And, man, like, that would have been kind of cool to follow. But I, I tried to follow along the best that I could. I watched the trophy trucks. I saw most of the Every Man Challenge. Um, saw a few highlights from that backdoor challenge or backdoor shootout. That's so gnarly, like the guys that have those rock bouncers there, and they're just... Because usually, like, the big rock bouncers that you see, like, back east and stuff, it's, like, maybe 90% dirt and roots and a little bit of rock, you know? But, like, Uh seeing those rigs at King of the Hammers, like, just getting beat on trying to get up that during the shootout was just gnarly. Like, really, really fun to watch. Like, it's just not an environment you normally see those trucks in. Yeah, I know that there's a lot of um there's a lot of footage out right now, like a lot of different things um you know all over Instagram and whatnot, but I know that the gnarliest video I saw was I don't know, some guy was going up I want to say it was the waterfall or something like that and the and it started rolling backwards and when it flopped it flopped the one way and one guy wasn't paying attention and it tagged him in the back and it sent him flying down the set of rocks oh no yeah i was like what the heck yeah you'd feel a couple ton vehicle hitting you in the back or did a rock hit him did the vehicle hit him or a rock the vehicle oh god so i was like what that's bad yeah, there's there's a few spots where people are pretty close out on the course. And, like, honestly, dude, like, watching the backdoor shootout, those rock bouncers, like, dude, they were kicking up, like, watermelon-sized rocks. And I'm just going, man, I'm surprised more people don't get, like, hit or something. Because, I mean, this thing had just ridiculous power and just launching stuff. And so it was just like, man, how has nobody gotten killed from getting just nailed in the dome with a big old grapefruit-sized rock yeah not good um i think i mean i know there's not as many rules i mean from what i've heard uh going down to 
King of the Hammers, but I mean, I think they need to almost like just try and keep more and more people off like the course area because I don't know if it was just people were crawl. I'll have to find the video. If I can find it, I'll share it to our pages and stuff because it's not like he gets full on rolled into like and then the vehicle keeps going. It's like the vehicle's rolling and then on the final roll, the tires swinging around and it just kind of nails him and he goes like kind of like flying down. And then somebody comes running over to try and pick him up. So, yeah, I don't know. It was pretty. It was some gnarly stuff. Yeah, that isn't fun. But that's half the appeal, though, is like getting up close and personal with the rigs and everything. I mean, that is cool, but at the same time, it's like... Well, yeah, but the other thing, too, is if he was paying attention, see, the guy that got tagged was, like, staring down the course, like, like not even paying attention to what was going on on the other side. I mean, that could have been, like, way more catastrophic. I mean, could you imagine if that truck was on a still a full free roll and just, like, oh, yeah. over him? I mean, you would have – I mean, I'm sorry, like, hearing all that, like, crashing and banging, I mean, wouldn't you have turned around? I mean, I don't know. Maybe it was so loud you just don't hear anything and you have earmuffs on or something. But, I mean, like, to me it just kind of blows my mind because you're just like, whoa. Yeah, I might not have heard it over the sound of the motor or something too. Who knows? Man, you know what was funny though? Like, the main day, like, I think Friday's like, the main race. Yep. So many people – and I think it was 4,400 is the main class. So many people broke. Like, there, it was so sad. Like, somebody would be in the lead and you're cheering them on, you know. Like, I think Cameron Steele and the laser nut rig led for a little bit. And then Bailey Campbell, she was leading. Like, I was super excited for her because I was like, dude, that would be so rad if she won. You know, like, the first female winner of King of the Hammers. That would have been so cool. And she ended up breaking. And it was just... It was kind of heartbreaking to watch. You're like, you know, stoked for these people that they're doing well, and then all of a sudden something will happen. You're just like, damn it. Yeah, I know how that is. It's just a lot of DNFs and stuff. I mean, I guess there is every year, but it's just a, you know, huge accomplishment to even finish that thing. But and it seemed like the RC uh, shootout went good. I saw quite a few pictures of that, so that was cool. Yeah, um, and then I was gonna say, and it's funny because we were talking about this last week. You know, not so much about who is like competing, but we were talking a lot about King of the Hammers. And it's funny uh, this year a sawed axle rig won. Yeah, well, there was. I think it was last year. Um, in man, I feel like an idiot now. Because, oh, Randy Slauson. Is that how you mm-hmm. say his last name? Um, he was like passing IFS rigs in the desert with his solid axle bomber. Like he was just mobbing through the desert last year. Like that, that dude can drive. Like when things are going his way, like that bomber rips. Yeah. Which is funny. That thing in real life isn't that big. Like you look at the RC version and it's like, you know, pretty good size, but like the real one isn't very big at all. It's actually kind of surprising. Yeah, true. I mean, if you've been up to Axial Fest, you've seen it in real life. And Jason Shears too. He's had his yes. there a couple times. So it's a super cool truck. Well, the funny thing is, so if I'm not mistaken, I think Jason Shear lives up in the Truckee Tahoe area because I remember when we were working two weeks ago up there, which is why it blew my mind because I was like, no, it can't be. Um, 
my buddy, you know, as he was driving, he goes, oh, look, there's Jason Schreer, and he goes, or at least that's his Jeep, and I'm like, oh, okay, because WFO just did a bunch of work on it or something like that, and mm -hmm. I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I said, wouldn't you already be, like, down at King of the Hammers, or wouldn't you be, like, prepping to go, not, like, driving around town, but, I mean, maybe he was going out to get last-minute stuff to head out of town, but I think yeah, he's a local up weird, there, so, because I think, did he, was he... I'm trying to remember what vehicle they brought. Somebody brought a vehicle out to Donner because I remember maybe some maybe somehow it was a laser nut one because I know Randall drove it. Hmm. He drove it across the parking lot and everybody was was sh or no, his wife was driving it across the parking lot and they were all amazed that she knew how to drive the rig. That's pretty cool. So, well, how could you, you know, be married to Randall and not be a motorsports fan too? You know? <laughs> like that's True. just kind of kind of part of it, I would think. <laughs> just pretty rad. Yeah, that was always something that was really cool about Axial Fest is not only the RC stuff, but like all the real rigs that are there. Like when the uh, Rebel Off Road, like big Dakar yep. style rig, was there. God, that was just mind blowing and. There's just always been so many neat trucks there, rock buggies and just everything. Well, yeah, and it also just shows you how much of the one-to-one -one world inspires what they do in the scale world. Yeah, exactly, which is awesome. I, I don't know. I think it's rad when somebody enjoys both. I, like, it's, you know, we were talking about that earlier, but it still just, it still kind of trips me out, you know, but I guess you're not going to really understand unless you're in their position, though. Yeah, true. But what else? Yeah, I mean, I think that's really it. I didn't really see anything else uh, too new and exciting um, in the scale RC world. Yeah, it was kind of a quiet week, actually, you know. Which is funny, because we get those every once in a while, then all of a sudden, it's like somebody just like took the plate and dumped it upside down, and you got stuff going everywhere. I know, I like those, those weeks. <laughs> Maybe next week will be that way. That would be pretty cool. It definitely gives us more to talk about. We don't sound so boring. Well, I've got, like, all these things going on, but I can't really talk about them yet because it's all still, like, in development. And it really sucks because, like, I want to share it and, like, talk about it, but I can't. So it's kind of a bummer, and it makes for some less interesting conversation when I can't uh, <laughs> yeah, talk I know. about it. But I know how that we're, is. We're working on some performance parts, so I'm pretty excited about that, so... Nice. I was actually going to say, you know, it was pretty funny because I just saw it in your picture, in one of your pictures. So it was a picture of your uh, Ford with the IFS on the Enduro. And mm -hmm. in the comment section was a picture um, from Jade, uh, you know, um, Temp RC. And mm -hmm. he, and it was funny because, dude, he was straight up having conversations with me, showing me pictures. Oh, you got to check out the Overland rig I'm doing, da 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 showing me all this stuff. And then when he showed the one picture and you could see the IFS underneath it, because I knew it was a Chevy body, I'm sitting here going, wait a second. That is right. Every time he sent me a picture, it's always been a side shot or like from the bed or something. So you never saw that it had IFS. I said, this whole time it had IFS. <laughs> Yeah, I that was hard. Like, well, for me, I put it on and didn't like get out and drive it until almost a week later. But 
I didn't really have, have any pictures that I needed to hide the front end on, but I am kind of interested to go drive it. Like, I think what I want to do is pull the Ram Charger body off of it and throw just a regular body and then some, you know, XL size, you know, 4.75 tires and see how, you know, because with a class one, obviously it's a little bit limited, you know, because of the tiny tires on it, but I do want to see how it works with like a regular setup, you know, like a class two style setup. So that's something maybe if the weather cooperates, I can get out and do this weekend. But I don't know. I, I have a feeling I'm going to be building small houses with Brett and the guys from Die Hard. Yeah. I need to post those pictures up on our site I was, because I was just that, about to say, that's one thing you got going on that you haven't talked about. Yeah. It's uh, the park is going to be pretty rad. Like we, we, handed around last year at doing like a scale like town or village you know and basically just to create photo ops for people like that's what the entire thing's for and maybe some people get a kick out of like driving on the streets and stuff and like cruising around i mean that that'd be cool but like we're we've got a spot laid out and everything and brett um he and his wife own the place his dad is a super handy like builder guy you know he does like remodels and stuff like that and so he uh he made a pole barn and then like a western style like storefront building and everything so he's they have already got a jump start on it so i need to get over there and hang out and get to building some stuff so maybe that'll be what we do this weekend but it's uh it's becoming a reality so that's pretty cool i've been sending pictures of the buildings and stuff to my buddies and everything is they've been making progress on it. So it, it's going to be neat. It It's, I, I think what the best way I can explain that place is like, we're trying to bring that like fun and detailed scale atmosphere of Axial Fest. We're trying to bring that to people every day out there at the park, you know, where they'll have those photo opportunities and stuff like that and the fun obstacles to drive on, like rail slides and things. So really excited to, you know, for this summer. Like I'm just I'm ready to like get underway and start building and extending the trail out there and stuff. So it's gonna be fun. This year, you know, with not messing with like the scale RC club stuff or anything, I'm gonna have a lot more time to devote to that place. So I'm pretty excited to work on stuff for them. The thing that I would think is pretty funny, and this will definitely tell you how full dollhouse you got that, um, those buildings, is if they actually took the time to scale down the, because they're building it like real houses, you know, they got studs, they got, you know, it's framed like a real house. If they actually scaled it down in those, those uh, joy or the. The studs are actually 16 on center scaled. That would be pretty cool. I, I, I'd die laughing if, if... Well, so I bookmarked it on my on Google Chrome browser, but we found a place that sells blueprints for scale buildings, for like dioramas and stuff like that. And it was really cool because you download the file from them and it's like a full set of plans with like side elevation and stuff. I mean like the real deal and you can just scale it out. And with us having the printer here that, you know, prints up to like 28 inches wide, I have a big thick roll of heavy paper so we can buy those plans. Like the, the gas, let's say like there's a gas station that you can buy the plans for and everything. And it's got like a port over the front and everything, you know, where the pumps would be and stuff. And you can just, 
buy blueprints from these guys and scale them down. And uh, some of them come like one to one because some of it's like a lot of it's model train sized stuff. Uh-huh. And so they have like this entire like labeling system for different scales for model train stuff. But they, one of the things they said is, you know, you can make this stuff 10th scale very easily by doing this, this and this. And so it, it's just this, I'll try and find the uh, link and post it. Cause it's an awesome resource. If you're looking to build any kind of scale buildings and stuff, and you don't really want to deal with like the plans and drawing stuff up and everything, it's like, pretty much just done for you and you just need to buy materials and uh like we found fake um uh like tin roof you Mm -hmm. know like roof paneling and stuff that's corrugated we found an outfit that makes that like just all kinds of really cool stuff so i mean it it's gonna be fun you know just geeking out and doing like the town part of this i think it'll be pretty cool well the thing that you just gave me a really bad idea about and this is like, I'll tell you right now, this is like a total Elio moment, is <laughs> you get those plans, and then you scale out like the guys actually building it. You have like a little crew, and then you ha- show them ra- raising the walls, attaching them together. Dude, that'd be hilarious. Dude, he does, like, that's right, like he does that. Like he'll have dudes like holding an axle that they're getting ready to put in place, and I just... I never get to do any cool like progress pictures or anything because I'm just always so focused on just getting whatever I'm working on done and then on to the next thing. Like that's just the story of my life is like get it over with and on to the next thing. And so I miss out on, you know, being able to post like cool progress stuff and things like that, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah. I mean, well, what I was talking about was like his stop motion that he did. Yeah, which is rad. Yeah. Like that one of the, takes a lot of time too. Oh yeah, like one of those videos that I have from him, the recovery video was hilarious. He's got the guy getting out, pulling the winch out, hooking it up to the car, telling him go. Then it's pulling the car out. Then he's over there unhooking it. I mean, like it's just like. I'm pretty sure I've seen that. It's just crazy. I mean, it's yeah, like that's I, pretty cool. Sometimes I wish I had that amount of time on my hands. Yeah, or just like for me like the desire to take something that far you know like there's usually like one big build i do a year that's like super scale and then that's it you know everything else is just kind of whatever but it would be cool to you know take my time and do something like that and share it that'd be kind of neat yeah like i do also got to give credit to like i remember so todd norton made a pretty cool scale shop and he spent all this time building it and then he i I forget then he sold it to somebody well now he you guys helped him or he built like the scale town no that's the scale town i'm talking about he had a scale shop that he spent all this time like dude like he went over the top he ripped down pieces of what wood was that it was like actual like hardwood, and he spent all this time ripping it down into scale planks to make like a barnwood looking, you know, barn. And the thing was pretty badass. And then, w- then all of a sudden, he was like, oh, "I think I'm gonna sell it because it's taking up too much room." Then I'm like, "Really?" And then some guy offered to buy it off him, so he brought it with him to one of the Axial Fests, and the guy bought it off him and took it home. Dude, speaking of that stuff, I just had another great idea. So, okay, so like 
the scale town is like one of the coolest things that I've seen him do, you know, like with the cemetery and everything. And then you and Elio had like the, it was the, um, prospect fever year of axial fest and you guys had made the mines and stuff that were hidden out on the trail like cool stuff like that and like that's one of the things we're trying to do out of die hard is like do little like do a cabin or a single wide trailer with like a broken down car in the front yard and like have this stuff like hidden out on the trail so it's just something that you kind of come across or you know you'll notice it if you look really close so we want to do like lots of little like easter egg things like that out there but i was just thinking because we have so we've actually been like soliciting sponsorship for the parks because there's racing out there like there's all kinds of stuff going on and so you know there's several communities that have come together and are starting to cross over and stuff. And so we're getting like some really awesome sponsors for the park, like, you know, a main and associated and element and Tekin, and, you know, it, it's been really cool. And so we structured the support level to where you get scale accessories, depending on your level of support. So if you're like a, a gold level, you would get like a building in the, you know, a replica of your building in the scale town, you would get a billboard and then some scale banners put up on the course. And then like silver is like billboard and scale banners. And then bronze is just like scale banners, you know? So we've got it broken down depending on what you want to contribute to, you know, the amount of exposure you get, you know, as far as like scale items and stuff that are out on the course. And so I was just thinking about, industrial type buildings so let's say uh-huh. you know you want to build like an a main or something like that well, i was thinking about like siding and stuff well you could do with spray on bed liner like we use on like bumpers and all yep. kinds of stuff you could spray bed liner a building and then paint over it and that would be perfect for scale stucco yeah and then the other thing i was thinking about is because they're a dime a dozen is get a bunch of paint mixing sticks and cut those and if you ripped them you could do board and bat siding or if you just used them just the way they are and cut the weird end off that you grab onto you could do lap siding with them yeah like there's there's all kinds of cool little stuff that you could do to these but i'm kind of stoked on like the scale stucco idea there we'd have to figure out for like metal sided buildings you know like industrial space we'd have to figure out something for those that would look realistic but i mean as far as like stucco goes i think a main's retail store in chico is uh i think it's stucco because like seems like everything in california is stucco yeah because it's it's well especially like all those storefronts it's cheap what they do is they just frame everything then it's usually like well, not usually, but some of them it's either it's either uh, brick stat or I mean hollow block, and then they backfill it, and then they just stucco the outside, um, or it's all framed, and then they just still stucco the outside. Now, something I saw a long time ago with building, um, and it, it was kind of funny because it was this beautiful, you know, multi-million dollar home that was at a golf course I used to play at, and it was this house was kind of like in part of like where this dog leg was on the course and their house was stucco and it was like the worst idea for siding for a place at a golf course because the thing just had divots 
everywhere from golf balls hitting it. And it looked like they had used like foam board and then stuck it over the foam, you know, like they would do details out of the foam board yes. and then spray over it. So I wasn't sure if that's still a thing they do or what. It's okay. So that's what I call when you want to achieve a certain look and you skimp out on. I guess the quality, because I mean, there's nothing really wrong with it, other than the fact that if something hits it or something like that, then you really could tell, you know, what oh, it yeah. is. But you could definitely tell on this thing. I mean, it, dude, it looked like the moon. Like there was just just one wall of the house that was just craters everywhere, from golf balls hitting it. Felt so bad for those people. Well, it's like, um. You know, I've been to houses, you know, where like you walk up and you're looking at this thing and you're like, man, this thing's like badass. It looks like the Taj Mahal. It's got these like pillars and it's got this, that, and the other. And then you walk over and you tap on the pillar and it's like hollow. It's just like, it's like, and it sounds like you're tapping on a piece of like plastic. You're just like, what the hell is this? And it's like, oh yeah, there's a st there's a steel support in the center, but then they just put this big old thing around it to make it look like a big old pillar, and then they just spray, you know, texture <laughs> over it to look like plastic. Right. <laughs> and it is cheaper to do that with like the window detail, especially on rounded windows. They just like you know can get the pieces that form that you know that shape right. and go up and around. I mean, I don't know. Like I said, it, it is crazy to see the amount of work that goes into like a stucco building when they're actually framing out all of that and then wrapping it all and then yeah. stuccoing over it. It's just like, yeah, yeah. that would be way better. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's just like, it's a lot more work. So that's why a lot of people use that foam stuff. Now it's just, you know, it's just faster. But you could always tell because, like, you'd be tapping on the walls and it sounds solid, and then all of a sudden you hit, like, the, the trim around the window and it doesn't sound the same, and you're like, yep, foam block. Yeah, like, it just sounds like it would blow away in a high wind or something. So, yep. Um, the, the only craziest material that I ever used that was kind of like cutting corners was um, way back my my very first uh, actual like real construction job uh, working with this one company right out of high school um, they had a uh, what was it it was like rubberized and what it was is it looked like the same trim that they used on everything else but because it was rubberized you were able to just keep tacking it as you go because it was one of those windows that went Vertical and then at the very top, it round it had like a five foot radius, you know, then came back mm -hmm. down. So, you know, instead of getting wood that's like you know milled to that, they just used that because it was like you know, it's so high up there, you're not going to be walking over there and you know, really touch right. it. Anyways. But I thought it was pretty crazy because they're like, all right, you guys are going up on the scaffolding, we're going to be working on this, and I'm going. Uh, okay. And then when I saw that it was rubber, I was like, it was like a rubberized thing. I'm like, what the heck? Yeah, that's weird. I don't think I've ever seen that. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, stuff has changed. Mind you, that was like 14, almost 15 years ago. Yeah. So a lot has, you know, some of the stuff has changed, but yeah. Um, like I said, now you got me all geeking out like, man, I want to build some scale building. I always wanted to build I know, a right? I always wanted to build a scale cabin for uh, CKRC's trail at Axial Fest, but that, that those days of uh, 
long sailed away. Well, I was trying to think of an easy way to do a cabin, and I was thinking back to when I was a kid, which was like a million years ago, but it was um, Lincoln Logs. Yep. And I was like, that'd be a good starting point to build a cabin. I mean, like, obviously you could make it way more realistic looking than what comes in it, but so just for the hell of it, I priced out some Lincoln Log kits. Oh my God, dude, it's as bad as Legos. It's like a cheap set of like 80 pieces is 40 or 50 bucks. And then 300 and some odd pieces is like over a hundred. I mean, it was so expensive that I was, it just wasn't even an option. I was like, all right, forget it. I'm going to have to figure out a different way of like building a cabin here. Okay. So maybe I'll give away my, my idea slash secret on uh on air so i had the idea when i was going to do it i went down that same rabbit hole you did i said well maybe i'll just get a lincoln log kit and then make it look more realistic you know and then add like a better looking roof instead of like those green planks and you know you'll have your nice little cabin right well i don't i never priced it out but i had thought if i was going to do it to buy so you go to like Home Depot or Lowe's or whatever and buy the um, one inch – probably about one inch round would probably be the perfect scale for uh, – Oh, duh. Okay. Get the round dowels from Home yeah. Depot. You could buy them like – you could buy a whole pole for like you know a couple bucks and you get like eight feet and then just chop it down to the lengths you need. And then you could actually get it more like a real log cabin then because then the parts that actually have to like – interlock or touch you could actually like shave down and then you know and it'll actually look a little more realistic and then all you have to do is paint it and weather it to look like wood you could actually Dude, use i'm so stupid why wouldn't i have thought of that <laughs> that's such a good idea so yep so those are all ideas that i had i was like oh I should i'm fully that. stealing that and go for it texting brett and telling him about it because that is a fantastic idea Go for it. God, I feel dumb. Why no, did I okay. think of that? It's okay. Because I'm sadly at like Home Depot a lot, so you see all the products that they have. So you uh, kinda like yeah. go you kinda go, Oh yeah, you know. Like it's just one of those things like it's it's bad and this is not something I feel really proud of, but it's sad when you go to Home Depot and like you have a customer that's trying to ask one of the employees there hey, where is this located? And they look at each other like, hmm, where is that located? And they don't even know. And then you're sitting here going, oh, my God, that's on aisle 22 at the end on the left-hand side. <laughs> that's awesome. And then you walk over and you go, oh, I'm sorry, I overheard. Uh, yeah, this is over here. Go all the way down to the end. It's right across from the ladders. And da -da 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 -da. and you're they're like, they're like, oh, thank you very much. And then the people, like, the, the people that work there look at you like, are you serious? And it's like, well, I'm sorry. I only have to come here all the time to get material, so you eventually learn where everything is. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. So no, it's funny. I have a whole like bundle of dowel here too that I was using for road signs out there. You know, because we have a lot of road signs on the trail, and because uh -huh. we actually have some like scale gravel roads and some other stuff there. And I mean, it's sitting right next to my desk, and I've been staring at it for I don't know how long. Yeah. Well, you want to know another thing you can use some of those dowels for? You can get super hmm. scale and make some scale um, telephone poles. Oh, dude. <laughs> right? That's so smart. 
you, you know, just I you just that. need to move up here so that you can like help do all this because you have a lot of really good ideas. I could just be the consultant, right? <laughs> <laughs> you, you're you're our general contractor for this project. <laughs> that oh, you know, that, see that's that funny. that you know would be funny now. Okay, I gotta find somebody because I know Dan Wilson did it. I need to find somebody not exclusive RC because I heard it was very expensive, but I want to find somebody who could do this. Dude, I need a scale. I need a 3D printed version of myself and it needs to be, be, needs to be me standing there with the cell phone up and you can put it in the middle of the town and I can have my finger pointing like I'm directing whatever, what's going on. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> you got your cup of coffee and everything else. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, you know what? I, so the other day, I saw a Lexan body that is the, I I don't know what second gen Chevy, uh huh, the one that you've got right yep. that that was like early nineties yep. I want to say, mm -hmm. so I saw a Lexan version of that the other day and it was white and everything, really because and I I didn't save it. Was it so? It was Lexan? Yeah. Are you sure it wasn't the J Concepts? It could have been. I, you know, I, I glanced at it, and then you know how you've got like the bell for your notifications on Facebook. Uh huh. So, I ra rather than that, I hit the home one, and uh -huh. then it just got lost in my feed, and so I wasn't able to save it. But I really like. I saw it, and I was like, "Oh crap! I got to show that to Adam because that's like exactly what he's needing to get." Uh, because I have that body. I, I have it already. I have. Yeah, I don't. One. I don't feel nearly as bad since you already have one. That's well, good. Actually. it's the Lexan one. See, so what happened was that was going to become my replica one because it's an extended cab and everything. It's perfect. But then I was like, I kind of want it to be a hard body, so I donated that to my monster truck. Oh, okay. So it's literally got all the stickers and the scale stickers all over it and everything. I just got to paint it. So all the masking's there, everything's there, all the sponsors, the SOR, the MKS, the Homes Hobbies, the Cow RC, everything's there. I just got to paint it up, and that one's pretty much done. Because I'm replacing – because it's been a while. Like This shows you how long it's been since I've run the monster truck. It still had the 86 single-cab Chevy on it, which was all painted up in the black, white, and gold CKRC setup. Mm. So that, that would be pretty body, rad. That body's getting retired to the wall, and uh, the mid '90s Chevy's taken over. Nice. But uh, yeah, so the, I, like I said, I got a lot of projects that need to just like there's little things that, that they need to be finished up, and like my mud truck, my mud truck's pretty much ready to roll. Uh, it just needs better electronics, which once again I will be recycling. Some electronics I have. I'm going to take the uh, my drag car electronics. That castle system is going to go in the mud truck. Nice. That'll be good. We're we're actually doing a uh, a course for like mud drags and stuff like that out there also, and then like a tough truck course. And I mean, we're trying to get it to where it's like all inclusive, so that you know there's something for everybody. So. Nice. I pr I don't know if I would do the whole mud truck thing. I mean, maybe, but it's kind of a lot of 
a lot of work. <laughs> I don't well, know. And a lot to clean, which I'm not super yeah. stoked on that idea. Well, the one the only reason why I'm doing the mud truck or a mega truck, whatever you want to call it, is because I had two SMT10s and I'm like what am I going to do with two of them? Yeah. So instead of, you know, getting rid of one of them, I said, I'll just turn the one into a mud truck. So I took the grave digger and that turned into the mud truck just because of the neon green frame. I was like, there's only so much you can do with it. Yeah, that's true. Unless you just die the thing. And I didn't feel like dying it and tearing it all apart. So I was like, all right. I could, you know, I, they have chassis on eBay. Oh, yeah, but, no, I know. You know, and so really I was thinking about that. I could do an element-based one pretty easily. It wouldn't be super wide or anything, but, you know, because I think a lot of guys, don't they use AR-60s when they do the mega trucks and mud trucks? Yes. Yeah, so it, it wouldn't be wide like that, though. I'd have to do hexes, which if you're not turning it, whatever, I mean. You don't have to worry about scrub steer and all that stuff, but I don't know. That might be kind of cool to do an element based one and just use an axial chassis. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Um, unless I haven't really studied the um, I haven't really studied the element axles. Unless there is a way you could do like what? See, this is where you need your lathe. You could chop off the tubes, then you can make your own custom ones, and you just turn them down and make them so they can, you know, somehow set them in and have a brace that attaches it all to the main pumpkin. You know what would even be helpful too is if beef tubes just did XR10 with beef tube installed element axles. Yeah. Because he does that with his other ones. You know, you can get XR with axial ones, get your AR44s. Yeah. I just think I think the only reason why people are maybe standoffish is because you'd have to make sure that it that the outers can still go on, so you can still put your your season um, your knuckles on there. And then secondly, it's not like I mean, unless you make it the exact width as the XR, I was gonna say there's no off the shelf, you know, steering components. Yeah, you would have to do. Um servo on axle which uc fab has element servo on axle mounts so that'd be easy enough yep hmm i don't know something to think about maybe the one nine wraith needs to go bye-bye and i make something like that there you go i was gonna say oh that's the other thing too you could maybe give them the idea you know put the little um birdie in motion yeah no that's true God, I just I, I feel so frazzled lately. Like the, just my mind is going a million different directions with all these things that we need to do and <laughs> new products, and it's like it's just never ending. Like it gets exhausting. Like I have so much trouble to even just trying to sleep because it just my brain is always going and thinking about stuff, and it gets really frustrating. That's how my work schedule is right now. Yeah, I got so we got that big project that we're working on, which is kind of like, eh, we're a little ahead of the schedule, so I'm not too stressed out about that. But then I'm in the middle of getting an apartment building ready for um, the market so that they, they can try and hopefully get somebody in it in March. And then I got another house that we wired up 
last summer that we're going to be trimming out, putting all the final electrical um, outlets and switches and lights and all that stuff. So that way that's ready for them to move in. I mean, that's all, and we got to do all that within the next, like, two or three weeks. I mean, it's like, making sure that I stay on schedule. Oh, and I had an arbor that I had to build for this other client, which they were dragging their feet, and I'm, like, sitting here trying to play maestro, making sure I got everything working and lining up and, you know, so we're not having any kind of, like, downfall or, like, oh, if somebody got delayed, we're not, you know, sitting there one day with nothing to do. It's, like, that's the stuff that stresses me out. Right. Yeah, no, I understand. And then to top it all off, you got to fill in your your RC time on top of that. And then you go, oh, there's just not enough hours in the day. It seems like you haven't had the amount of RC time lately that you deserve. No, and it kind of I feel like me. you deserve more. It bums me out because like there's a lot of stuff I want to work on and want to get done and I just go Unfortunately, I got to get this work done and then I cry in my cornflakes and go to work <laughs> you know i just had a thought too for another build that would be kind of cool is this would be a fun brushless truck to build but now that um element has the ifs set up it would be really cool to you know how they sell the trophy rat but it's basically just a short course you know with a trophy yep. rat body on it uh -huh. you could actually build like a legit trophy rat now with ifs front and trailing arm rear and everything and use that body so you could actually build like a real one now true which would be pretty sick i don't know that might be kind of cool but then again it's like you build something like that and what do you do with it yeah, see, and that's the hard part. Um, it's like there's so many things I want to build, but it's like, where am I going to drive that? You know what I mean? Like that's why I've never done like a mega truck or anything because it's like, you know, I don't have anywhere to take that. Everything I do is like hiking trails and rock crawling. Yeah, see, and that's kind of like where I'm at. I mean like that's why I'd, I'd like to get those paddle tires for the um, Can-Am because I could either go to – to the beach right here on the coast or I can go to like the beaches of Folsom where it's just all sand and just rip through. Well, I have a beach in front of my house. It would be perfect for that, but I just haven't like I drove a Yeti trophy truck down there and then there's a Rocky section that me and a buddy went and drove just regular Yetis on and we're messing around, like kind of made a half-ass U4 course out in the rocks and stuff down on the beach. And like, that was fun. But I mean, I've got the perfect spot for Yeti Jr. with paddle tires, and I don't take advantage of it. Yeah, that's another rig i got to run a little more. I just want to, like I said, my, I get, maybe the next thing is I need to look into brushless setups. Maybe one of our listeners knows of a brushless setup we can put in there. Yeah, the only thing I can think of is that Traxxas one. I think Dynamite makes something little too, though. Okay, I'm going to have to look into that. Well, don't you know? I, wait, why don't you message Randall? No, that's not a bad idea. I should. I should text he, Randall. He, he could probably tell you. That'd be cool. So, yeah, because it'd be fun. It'd be fun to put paddle or have a set of paddles to just throw on there. So when you're like, yeah, I want to go do this, and just roost through this, you know, the sand. I it's got all gung. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I'd say it's strictly just for like videos, pictures, and a big smile on your face. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like our Yeti Jr. here, the SOR one, it just spends all of its life just sitting on a shelf. But like, <laughs> before Hobby Expo, I was all like gung-ho about getting it all scaled out. And I had done like a fuel filler line and put the Capra light bar on it and put a Tekken BXR in it and stuff. And like got it all decked out and everything so that I can start, you know. And then now it just sits again. So <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I still want to do the spare tires in the back. I think that would be cool. So it's sort of, you know, like desert side-by-side looking. Yeah. This is probably one of those vehicles that I'll never sell, you know, like looking at it, like you couldn't get that much for it anyways, you know, so it's probably something I'll just keep forever because it does look really cool just sitting on the shelf even. Oh, exactly. I mean, I got mine hanging on the pegboard and I just like stare at it every once in a while. They are pretty freaking cool. We do need to do the spare tire thing though, and then I can put one on mine and send you the other one. Okay, I'm gonna be good. But are we well, about? I yeah, I think we're probably about there. I feel kind of bad. Like I feel like in a way we kind of let everybody down because we just didn't really. It wasn't a busy week for scale RC stuff. Like there's work work going on that we're both doing, but like it's not much that's like conversation worthy. So I just I kind of feel like we. I don't know. Did did we kind of drop the ball a little bit? Well, I don't know if we dropped the ball. It's kind of like, you know, our show goes based on, you know, kind of like what's going on. And if there's not a lot going on, then there's not a lot to talk about. So I guess in a way that's where we got to get a little more creative and what do we talk about. But I think we filled in a pretty good amount of talking about diehards, um, you know, scale the layout. buildings and stuff. Yeah, that is true, and that actually because, has some good info for people too to do themselves. Exactly, because I mean, we I'm sure we got listeners that want to, you know, that maybe they want to build their own, you know, scale garage, and maybe they want to go above and beyond just putting, you know, four, you know, three walls together. Maybe they want to make it super scale. I mean, I, I had a, you know, envision one day to actually make like somewhat of a scale looking garage, almost on like a turntable. So like. You could spin it, and it's the outside of it, and you'd be able to park like in front of it, and then you can spin it around, and you'd actually be able to get in. Like if you could actually then set the car inside of it, and you'd be like, you know, have an inside scale shot. But never got around That's to doing it. Idea. Never That's got around. A good to idea. It. You know, there was something I was thinking about too with Patreon before we get going here. You know, what we should do is like the next guest we have, we should figure out something to like let people choose you know i mean obviously like it depends if the person actually wants to come on the show or not but we should have people like pick who they want us to have on the show and listen to yeah that's not a bad idea well i was always saying we should we should allow based on the um the patreon you know tier have them like say hey we're thinking about going with this this or this topic or this person that person or this person um you guys, since you're in this tier, you guys get to vote. Who do you think? And then whoever got the highest vote, we try, we push for that one. And then right, that's a good yeah. idea. Yeah, we should try doing that. That'll be cool. So, yep. Cool. Well, I guess that's probably about it for this week, then, gang. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll have a little more excitement going in next week. Maybe we'll have somebody we could talk to. Maybe we'll get some stuff built we've been talking about and have another chance to finish, too, that we can discuss and everything. So, Yep. Cool. Well, everyone, 
thank you very much for listening and uh, catch you next week. All right, guys. See ya. See ya.